I expect him to let him say it because he wrote it. Hey, you know. What kind of bullshit is that? That's what I'm saying. What he expect? He can't, you know. What a fucking pussy. Can't be mad. He's a fucking pussy for that. Can't be mad. I don't get that. Like, that's been happening a lot this year. I mean, didn't somebody, some students got in trouble, college students got in trouble for singing along the Kanye song, singing the N word. They got like suspended. Oh, I didn't read. I didn't hear about yeah, that. Yeah, there was, I think it was like some white chicks who were in a sorority or something. And there was a video of them singing along to a Kanye West song that had the N word in it. Motherfuckers threw a hissy fit and got these chicks like suspended from college. Wow. Just because they were singing along to this song. Hey, man. Look, I. If you don't want them to say it, don't put it in the song. That's it. That's don't put it in a fucking song. It's, it seems so simple. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it ain't in none of my songs. Yeah, <laughs> you, problem solved. Problem fucking solved. I don't understand how you can be a rapper and just say nigga, 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 nigga every bar. Right. And then you know that you your fans are white. You know that the, your fans. You know what I'm saying? And then be mad. And then you get mad when they sing along with you. Yeah. Now, it'd be different if you didn't say the word. Right. And they they, they was improv. And they walked up to you like, what's up, my nigga? <laughs> That's a whole different. That's a whole different yeah. conversation. But you can't just say nigga so liberally, almost to a religious extent. And then when someone says it, just singing along with you, now you want to ruin their life. Yeah, it's a fucking so. Either it's wrong when you say it, or it look. It's can't we can't have two sets of fucking rules, man. They trying. This they, is ridiculous. They doing their best. So now what's next? So so they gotta they gotta listen to rap music in private now. Are we moving backwards in time? But it's always been that way, unfortunately. <laughs> like I mean, it has been. You know, cats can't. Cats shit. have. They always try to you know monitor themselves, especially when they're in the company of black people. You know, but if we so fucking free saying this shit, hey man, I, I mean I feel you. I agree. Yeah, it's I just, agree. It's just it's one of those. It's such a it's fucking. A, it's so hypocritical, man. It's one of those hypocritical things. It's hypocritical, bro. It's like you can't sit around. It's it's like on one hand, motherfuckers want to talk about how bad things are, mm-hmm. and then if somebody says, "Yeah, you know, things are pretty bad in the hood," if a white person says that, it's racist. Right. Right. If we say, man, the hood is fucked up. Right. Then, then it's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's not racist, though. It's just commentary. Yeah. But if a white person listens, yeah, I heard your record, man. The hood's pretty fucked up. You're racist. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is crazy, man. And now we're getting, people are losing their jobs. Uh, people get kicked out of shows. So what, Kendrick kicked somebody out of a show? I, I don't think he kicked her out of the show, but he brought her on stage to do the song with him. Oh, and he thought she was just going to bleep out the N-words. I mean, I guess. I guess he thought there was... And so was there nobody black he could have picked? I mean... Knowing I'm, that there's so many N-words sure, in, the, in the song? I'm sure that, I'm sure there was, was a few that he could have picked. He knew what the fuck was going to happen, man. Hey, I want you to sing word for word with my shit, but skip all the N-words. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Like every other bar. Yeah. It was, it was the song Mad City. About three in bombs in Lamar. Yeah, cut the music, prompting, prompt, uh, prompting him to say, "I'm not cool enough with you to let you say <laughs> to that. let you say that." How about you just not write it and then it's problem solved? Right, problem solved, man. 
Right. Or or bring a black person on that you, you know. You're right. Right. Since it's okay for us to say it. Yes. Yeah, so, you know. And not them to say it. Since that's what you feel. Then it's like, all right, well, bring one of them along. Yeah. It's one of those things, This man. shit pisses me off. You can tell by my tone. This shit annoys <laughs> yeah, the hell out like of it's, me. It's I'm a, getting tense. I'm getting tight over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you're not uh, enjoying No, yeah. this shit makes me tight. I ain't gonna lie. There's not a lot of topics that make me tight, but this that topic makes me tight. Yeah. Because it's like it's a lose lose. You're putting someone in a lose lose situation. Look, right. if, if a if someone look, if white people don't come to the shows or they don't support black rappers, then racism. Mm-hmm. If white people come to the shows, learn the lyrics to the songs, support black rappers, racism. <laughs> like, all they're doing is saying what the fuck you told them. To say. You you wrote the shit. They didn't write the, the N word in there. Right. Like it's they're racist either way. Hey. It's like yo man, this shit is fucked up. And I'm not even a guy who I, like you're saying we don't be saying that shit on our record. Nah, so we ain't had this problem. See, and the thing is, the reason I mean, I, I never really, I never said it really yeah. anyway because I don't, I don't use it that much in my own, you know, yeah. daily, daily life, you know. But especially once I got out there, yes, and I knew what it was, you started seeing it. Like, it's oh, like, oh, I'm, I, ain't no too. way I'm writing that me shit too. in there. Me too. You know what I'm saying? Same experience. Yeah. Because no, it's sprinkled on a couple of my early yeah, joints. Yeah, it's sprinkled. Like the first Soul Position EP, it's on there once. Mm-hmm. And then maybe one of the first Greenhouse EP, maybe once. Maybe it's on, it's on no more than once per record, right? Yeah. But this was before I understood how vast the world was. <laughs> right, right. Before right. I understood that hip hop is this big, giant, universal thing. Mm-hmm. And that you can't just... Once you make something and put it out there, you can't control it anymore. Nah, it's a, it's, it's gone. It's loose. It's loose. It's property of the public now. Yeah, it's in the public sphere. So it's like, yo, but like you're saying, you get out there and you realize, like, yo, I really don't want them singing along to this. Right, 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 right. And he's allowed to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but I don't think he can put the toothpaste back in a tube right now. Oh nah, it's too late. It's way too late. <laughs> Millions of records are too late. Right. <laughs> millions and millions of way records. Way out the tube yeah. now. You can't put it back in. Yeah, bro. And and the best thing to do is to just either, like we said, don't bring somebody white up there if you're uncomfortable with them saying that, mm-hmm. uh, or re, re, you know, reciting your lyrics right. that you wrote, or, you know, don't put it on a record. Yeah. Don't. Find another word. Yeah. There's many. Yeah, There's yeah. There's many words. You want didn't the same guy win like some kind of writing thing, Pulitzer yeah. thing? Yeah, for um for damn for that yeah. last record. Still saying nigga every two bars, huh? <laughs> Truth. <laughs> okay, well, I mean this this is the problem right here. Hey. Yeah, man. I don't. Hey, I, yeah. Once I saw that, you know, the majority of my fan base when I went to shows was not my skin color. <laughs> there was no way. I mean, I didn't do it anyway. But you know what I'm yeah. saying? Then it was like extra. No. Right. You know? Right. And, and, you know, it's that a lot of artists seem to be split on that. I've seen the other rappers who said like, we, did we talk about like it was an ASAP Ferg once who was like, yo, I don't care if they say it. You know, I think we mentioned that. We mentioned that yeah. right before. So it's like you got that side who's just like they'll write it in. They don't give a fuck. They mm-hmm. won't. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, say the, say the word, nigga. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you got the other side. Kendrick's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to call you up here. Now I'm going to basically call you racist for singing along to my song because mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with, with you saying this. 
Mm. Saying my lyrics. Yeah, my lyrics. It's, 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 it's exhausting. Like, I don't know, man. It is. Don't use the word. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> Anyways, just don't do it, man. We gotta. This is part of. This is our longest intro in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we was trying to get you know more succinct in, in, in on point with the intros, but uh, yeah, just no hot button topics. Yeah, you started it with that hey, shit. Man, you brought hey. this shit up as soon as I hit record. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I press record, you bring up some controversial shit. Hey, man, you know. <laughs> you know I was going to be tight about this shit. Got to do it every now uh, and then. So today, today's podcast, man, we're going to talk about something that we touched on last week. And um, last week, we kind of touched on minimalism. Mm. We talked about, I was talking about, you know, like the shirt thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw the short sleeve shirt. And, and uh, this is a topic I've wanted to talk about a while. And I want to talk about the benefits of of minimalism Mm -hmm. because we all we all kind of need to do it Mm -hmm. but it's almost like this mystery thing you know power of less man yeah man and so i want to talk about minimalism how to we're going to talk about the areas in which you can you know uh add minimalism to your life Mm -hmm. and, and just some 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 examples and some stories and some recommendations about how to freak it because i think like you know like you said, we recommended that book like over a year ago, right? Yeah. The Power of Less. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Leo Baba Tula, Baba Atula, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and it's an incredible book, right? Yes. And it really copies. is like a. It got two copies. <laughs> Damn. Who's the second you bought one for you yeah, and, and Wife Peace? Yeah, me and Wife Peace. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, that book is is really sick. And yeah. that book basically is almost like a manual to minimalism yeah it has like step-by-step instructions yeah how to do it right <laughs> yeah like and so uh in addition to recommending that book we're gonna we're gonna talk about just like some things in our life and uh we hope that uh this is helpful to people because this is something i practice all the time anybody knows me knows mm-hmm. i'm a super like less is more kind of guy mm-hmm. and uh we're just gonna talk about the power and the benefits of minimalism and we'll be right back wow we got you stuck off the realness the most infamous you heard of us official podcast murderers the show comes equipped with few points to share grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow so go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode you're not alone in this world cousin so we share information and honest discussion and keep repping a culture like we supposed to they spread gossip but they never come close to i can hear it inside their tone they talk Talk about the industry but never left their home You get laced up with bullet points and such Plus empowering topics that they never would touch You can put your whole network against the team But Super Duty Tough Works the MVP Most valuable podcast on MP3 Priceless info but all of it's free So take these words home and think them through Super Duty Tough Work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Alright guys, we are back. Super Duty Tough Work. Those gentlemen who do great things all the time. Yup, do our best. This week we are talking about minimalism. Minimal. 
This is a conversation that, uh, you know, it's an extension of last week's intro, mm-hmm. as we stated before. And, uh, you know, we want to talk about minimalism. A lot of people think about minimalism only as it applies to, um, like, art. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or, or living spaces, interior design. Right. They say, okay, well, yeah, this is minimalist or this is modern, mm-hmm. you know? So they'll see those things and they think, oh, well, these are concepts that, you know, they're cool, but they're strictly reserved for the artistic space yeah. or the interior design space. But as we've talked about on this podcast before and many times, and just like what we do in our work, that minimalism is really basically the term for doing more with less and this applies across everything you do and so we want to talk today about like minimalism in three areas that we think that it applies to and how you can uh you know approach those areas to improve your life by being more minimal and so the first area that we want to talk about in terms of minimalism is your living space Mm -hmm. now this is the house I grew up in, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like anything it, it did when I grew up in it. Yeah, it was probably all kind of shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Mad shit everywhere. I'm sure it was. Yeah, because when people come over my house, like whenever my family visits me, uh-huh. who used to live here, they're just like, yo, it looks empty in here. Yeah. They look at my living room and they just think it looks empty. Like, no, it, it looks functional. <laughs> bedroom. <laughs> No, it looks something's off. They think something's just off because it's just not that much in there, right? Mm. And I think that's just because I mean, clearly nobody in my family was a minimalist, right, 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 <laughs> right, right. But everything that happens in my house is a, it's a reflection of the minimalist mind state where I want to do more with less. I don't want to have a gang of furniture. Mm-hmm. I just want to have a good couch. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to have you know book. I used to have books all over the fucking house. Right. Now I have one bookshelf. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Um, There was a blog I wrote two or three years back, and it was about changing my living room. Uh, At that time, I was going through something where I had a television in there. I had a television downstairs in the studio, had a television in the guest room. Mm -hmm. Right. And my house, when people would come into the living room, the focus would be on a television. I noticed that. So if I invited somebody over, we sit down on the couch. Hey, what's on TV? Whatever was on TV would drive the conversation. Yeah. And that that's made, how most homes are. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They, they, the focal point is straight towards the television. But then one day I was like, yo, this is kind of creating a weird energy in this room that I don't like, because obviously when people come over, we're not really talking about shit, but TV. Right. Like with TV's on and it drives the conversation. So at that time I decided, OK, well, I'm just going to take I'm going to move my I'm going to get a real bookshelf, put all my books on there. And records on there. I'm gonna take the TV out, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna take the TV out of my studio as well. And the only TV I'm gonna have is gonna be in the guest room, so that when people come over, they can watch it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, when I did that thing, it completely changed everything because all of a sudden it it brung the room together in a way that the the music was almost the focus. Yeah. And because music, even when you have music on, it doesn't completely dominate your mind. Right. Right. You can throw on a record and you can clean. Mm-hmm. You can throw on a record and you can talk on the phone. Yeah. You can throw on a record and you can write. Yeah. You can throw on a record. You can do all types of things. Write a blog. But when, you, when the TV's on, you can't really do anything else. Yeah, because you feel like you got to pay attention to what's going on on the TV because it's a visual thing and it's not a not an auditory, not an audio thing. Exactly. So, like, for me, 
approaching that room was one of the the first times you know in the last couple of years where i was like okay i really need to almost take a minimalist approach to this but it's also to but in doing that it, it had an effect that wasn't just on the physical space it had an effect on the mental space mm-hmm. which is okay now because i am not focused on this thing uh completely or exclusively I can now focus on other things. Right. I can read a book. Right. I, I can, can write. Read. So my reading habits went up more. I got back into listening to records even more, getting more samples, which helped my beat output. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'm not being preoccupied with current events or the news, you know, and or unless I'm on the Internet and I'm following a new site specifically. But that had a domino effect on other areas of my life. Mm-hmm. That's just my living room. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about my kitchen. <laughs> Uh, in my kitchen i literally only have about six cups mm. i think i only have and people come over they know they see me with the same three cups it's like you know a red one a yellow one and a purple one <laughs> right, big 32 right. ounce joints right and i got other little glasses that i never use but those are just for when people come over and i'm out of glasses right but i probably have no more than five forks mm-hmm. i have six plates mm. max i think I, I think i got no i think i got four plates yeah all the same color <laughs> are, are all black uh, i got four black bowls i got four wooden bowls mm. that's it but it's a lot easier for you to do that because it's just you right but but the thing is not it, the thing is not that it's if if it's what you practice then you can apply it no matter how many people right mm-hmm. right so like yeah it, if we got six plates but you only got seven family members that's a problem right right so right, you can't right. just have six plates with you can't have less plates than people in that in a family right yeah so you you would do it proportionally to the number of people you got in your house right so my thing was like okay well when i go to my mom's house in alabama she got 40 plates yeah that's a, my she got a hundred spoons but i, I think she I got, th- it's an old school mentality right you know mm-hmm. my mom is the same way she has all kind of fucking silverware yeah. all kind of china yeah. you know the good plates <laughs> you know the everyday plates right right you know right. the in-between plates <laughs> you know what i'm saying then she got paper plates yeah and then, yes <laughs> paper cups <laughs> paper cups napkins mad you know yeah. mad wine glasses oh. different kinds of glasses <sighs> mad this glass. canned foods yeah, can we like, get a talk about canned food oh dog yeah yeah everywhere so like there but their generation was it's hard for them to be minimalist because they were brought up in a time of scarcity right we've been brought up in a time of abundance right comparatively to them so like my mom's parent their parents were brought up in the great depression yeah so they got they gathered everything they could get keep their hands on between this the threat of a nuclear war Uh and and people having like real bomb shelters right and canned foods and the depression motherfuckers really there was no abundance mentality everything was scarcity they had to stockpile shit yeah and keep it for as long (laughs) as they fucking could right yeah right so like in addition to having very few plates forks i got like you know two skillets i'm very very minimalistic and i you know i i've taken that approach also to like i don't have any canned food anymore mm-hmm. and that's something that also when mom comes over like you ain't got no food in here boy they look at my refrigerator they look, nothing's there mm-hmm. to them right but to me i make mad meals out of not that much right because i don't need that much but but the point i'm trying to get at here is that like minimalism starts uh where you're at 
mm-hmm. in your environment. And if you really want to simplify things in your life, one of the easiest and fastest ways to start that journey is by changing your environment. Right. Yeah. It ain't just cleaning up messes. It's actually reevaluating how much do you really need the things that are around you mm-hmm. and would removing some of those things allow you to think more clearly? Yeah, I mean, for me, getting my studio together, like I have, you know, a desk, I have like a file cabinet, I have like a table, a couple tables. But the thing is, everything isn't big enough for everything to be in one space yet. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm, I'm, but I've been, I've been scouting things like, okay, I need to get me a desk that can house everything that I need yep that way I can clear out my space I can have an easier workflow you know that like that's my main focus right now and you know I think one of the busiest places in your house is probably your office just because that's it that's yep. where every you know what I'm saying that's where all your shit is all, you know a lot of your merch is in there and you know your printer and your you know and plus it's a small it's the smallest room in the house too yes you know so yeah. yeah, it's very true. Because, yeah, that space and even that space, I struggle with that office every year. Uh-huh. Like a week like this week where I'm shipping out products. Is, oh, yeah, it's a mess. I'm sure it's a mess. I ain't even seen it. Up. But this is the first time I've actually like cleaned up at the end of every night. OK, because when I walk in, there, I just feel defeated. Like, damn, man. <laughs> Shit is all over the floor. Yeah. You know, this is everything is boxes and uh, yeah, pre-order time would do that to you. Yeah. yeah. So it's finally this has been the best one. But yeah, that room is is a work in progress. And mm-hmm. it's nothing compared to the rest of the rooms in my house, which are pretty streamlined. Right. But you know, when you're thinking about this, don't think about it in terms of like like, okay, well, if I get rid of this, then what? Mm-hmm. You know, like like you'll miss something because nine times out of ten, we don't miss the things that we get rid of like that. Yeah, because yeah. if you can get rid of it, most likely you don't even use it. Really, if, if it's even a thought like I could get rid of this, most likely you don't even need it. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Unless yeah. unless you use it every day, you would never think to get rid of it if it's something that you use regularly. It's the truth. Like, why do I have five big ass spoons like them big soup spoons yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> why do I have these big spoons I got three of them five yeah. of them what, yeah. why uh-huh. I could what, if I put the other four away mm-hmm. would I use the first one frequently enough to miss the other four probably not no so get rid of that shit man yeah. like that shit has really like helped change like what I've done in in other aspects of my life but yeah the space thing is important man and that's just like my physical space so let's just talk about another area that we talked about last week Mm -hmm. clothing yeah zuckerberging the wardrobe yeah which you as you can see i'm still keeping it funky today (laughs) right i got the super zuckerberg t-shirt on today Uh, and uh that has been another area in which i've found it to be super rewarding to 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 you know install like if you will minimalist a minimalist approach to it because clothing for me number one as a guy we don't like to shop no it's too much anxiety anyway too much pressure we just want our clothes to fit Mm -hmm. and be comfortable we don't even care about style we just don't want to look corny right you know so to me being minimalist with my wardrobe is just like two birds with one stone Mm -hmm. it's like not only do you get to skip all the anxiety of shopping you get to laundry's easier. Mm-hmm. The choices are easier in what you put on. Everything gets easier only because I decided to say, you know what, man, I'm going to stop buying all this shit. I, I don't even wear this shit. Mm-hmm. Why do I have 
12 pair of pants when really I rock the same four. Right. Regularly. Regularly. Yeah. The same four. I break out the number pair eight through 12 get broke out once or twice a year yeah maybe maybe depending on where i'm going right yeah. special occasion <laughs> right you know right, but right. in the general it's all about pair one through four <laughs> yeah they go with everything they're comfortable as fuck uh they fit you just right yeah broke in yeah you like these is my joints i'm gonna play these every day <laughs> Eight through twelve, not really. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I basically got rid of eight through twelve mm. and just keep rocking one through four. And when one of one through four get worn out, I'll go get another one to replace the one that I was rocking. Mm. And then I'm back in the game again. Right. You know, but clothing is another thing. And like we talked about last week, like think about how much time people are spending uh being consumed by the just the, the question of what will i wear today right and how does this impact what people think about me and how does this impact you know uh just everything mm-hmm. so it's like yo man if you got rid of that how much time would you have to spend on far more important matters yeah true so just like your physical surrounding your environment it should be can be shaped by minimalist minimalism so can your clothing that's a part of your environment yeah you know it's a part of you but it's also it's how people perceive you it's something they see that's external mm. so uh you know that's that's area number one which is living space yeah external. I'm, I'm trying to fucking get get rid of a lot of my clothing i got so yeah. many clothes oh i know i, I got a that. lot of shit that i don't wear yep but it's like I got that anxiety of getting mm. ripped. Like, but what if I need a brown shirt? You know what I'm saying? What if I need that that plaid color that I've only worn once in the last three years? Right. You know what I'm saying? What about the red and black and green green plaid shirt? I'm gonna need yeah. one of these or something. Like, I, what I what I what I thought about doing is just telling Taylor, like, look, all right, I'm gonna take out clothes that I want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna take out like about three or four, you know, joints, you know, sweaters, shirts. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then. You get rid of everything else that you don't think I need. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And you can even keep some stuff that you think I I I, I should keep. Yeah, but just I'll, I'll give you the closet so I can get rid of it. Cause I got I got so much shit, man. I know how you get down, man. I got so much shit. I got <laughs> like mad suit jackets and shit. Yeah. I didn't even wear suit jackets this summer, this See? this winter. You know what I'm saying? I d- I got mad stuff, man. I got mad stuff. Stylish shit. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shit is fly. I know, but. Hey, the mini, the mini wardrobe, to, you know, outfits of logic is a real thing, man. Like you yeah, really man. be coming through, <laughs> just regularly. Like yes, yeah, I got styling. I got to get rid of some shit because you know I got some dope sweaters that I didn't even pull out of this winter. See, that's the thing where it's like, man, I, if you get to once you get to that point, it's almost like yeah. I could definitely downsize this shit yeah. because I'm not even rocking this shit like that. Nah. You know, I, I used to feel like I was going to be feeling uh, a lot of anxiety when I first started taking like my clothes to the Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And at first I was, I was like, yo, you can't just take a motherfucking polo shirt to the Goodwill. Right. And give it away. It cost you $50. <laughs> matter if it don't fit save it if you gain that weight back you'll be rocking polo again right and i started going in there and taking stuff in there and what i noticed at the end they'd be like hey do you want your receipt so you can write it off you know they ask you you drop Uh off shit and i was like actually no i don't Uh i don't care about the tax write-off because when they at by the time they got to asking me that the sense of relief just took over my body it was like Mm. ah yeah these clothes are gone. Like you don't even have to stare at them or think, damn, I don't wear that. This mm-hmm. is like bag. It's baggage, mm-hmm. you know? So 
uh, and anyone who's done that can definitely vouch for just how rewarding that shit is when you yeah. take it there because you know for a fact if somebody sees this polo shirt and it's goodwill it's the, they're gonna buy it oh yeah it's going it's they're gonna, it's gonna wear gone. it it's gone it's gone it yeah. might not make it a week in yeah. fucking goodwill especially yeah. in the hood right like where i drop the clothes off at yeah you ain't seeing no polo shirt in that <laughs> <laughs> right, right 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 you know what i mean you're not seeing that you gonna see some levi's mm. you know what i'm saying some fucking oshkosh you're yeah. not seeing no polo in there man and so uh when I started thinking that way, you're like, you know what? There's somebody who's going to buy this, and to them, this might be one of the nicest shirts they have. Mm-hmm. Maybe they never had a polo shirt. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they never, uh, uh, you know, so it's it's like, yo, man, it's, just yeah. get rid of it, dog. Yeah, I need to do that. That's it, man. You I know, just you need to do that. It feels good. Trust me. Yeah. It's going to feel better than you can imagine. Or just Mad say, look, anxiety. Yeah, or really just say half. Count up all your shirts, mm-hmm. count up all your pants, and just say, this how many I'm gonna get rid of half of these, no mm. matter what. If you got fifty shirts, twenty five. Mm. Get rid of the, the twenty five. You know what I'm saying? Get yeah. rid of the fucking twenty five, thirty. They gotta go. To fifty, they gotta go. Mm. And then see how you feel. Yeah, you're I'll gonna feel cool. incredible. Because even now, I wear basically, you know, like except for certain days. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, I wear the same like four or five pairs of jeans. See? You know, like <laughs> rotate, you know, just different t-shirts and button-ups. Exactly, man. You know, same three pairs of shoes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I need to get rid of some shit. I got, I got, so, I got mad pairs of shoes I don't wear. I got all kind of shit, man. See? Taking up space. Exactly. Exactly. Taking up space. All right, so that's number one. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a break. To all the listeners of the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, this is Blueprint here to announce that I have a brand new album titled Two-Headed Monster that will be available on May 22nd, 2018 on Weightless Recordings. The album is produced entirely by yours truly and features guest appearances from a few people that I've wanted to collaborate with for a long time, like Slug of Atmosphere, AC Alone, Mr. Liff, Wordsworth, Superstition, and High Slow. Two-Headed Monster will be the first full-length album that I've released since we've been doing this podcast. So to everybody that listens to us every week and is inspired by or helped by what we do here, I'm asking you to support me and this podcast by pre-ordering your copy of the project right now on waitlist.net. As I like to say, spread the word about good music socially and support good music financially. As usual, we've got a few different pre-order packages for you to choose from. Whether that's the regular CD version or the deluxe CD package, the regular LP or the deluxe LP package, the regular MP3 or the deluxe MP3 package, or the t-shirt package that comes with a t-shirt and a blueprint lapel pin, something we've never done before, with either the deluxe CD or the vinyl package. Whatever format you need, we got you covered. And just so you know, there will only be 500 copies of the vinyl available and it will be clear vinyl this time. We've done red, we've done orange, we've done blue, and now we're doing clear vinyl. So don't sleep. All pre-orders will ship out to arrive on May 22nd, which is well in advance of the official release date. So if you're listening to this, head over to waitlist.net right now and order your copy. I'm really proud of this record 
and 100% confident that you're gonna dig it too. To recap, my new solo album, Two-Headed Monster, will be out May 22nd on Weightless Recordings and is pre-ordering right now on Weightless.net. Now back to the show. Okay. Word. Here we are. 50%. Getting rid of 50%. <laughs> it's going down in the next couple weeks. Well, you have to give us an update, man. Let's <laughs> go out. Oh, yeah. I want to know how this goes. Yeah, it'll probably freak me out at first. But, oh, it will. It yeah. will. Until you get back home, you're just like, you look at that closet, you're just like, ah, yeah. This is dope. Yeah. I can breathe. Yeah, because I got mad jeans I don't wear. I got all kinds of shit. See? I got shit I can't fit no more. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. I that's been my biggest thing. Like I yeah. can't fucking shit that's either too big or too small. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like I gotta get rid of that shit. That's a fact, man. Word. So yeah, this week we talk about the benefits of minimalism. And uh, you know, the first area we talked about was just like your living space, which mm-hmm. is everything around you, you know, physical. Right. So now this next area is gonna be one that's gonna ruffle some feathers. Might be difficult for some. <laughs> Might maybe the most difficult, yeah. right? And the next area that we recommend that you can install or apply minimalism is in your relationships. How say how print? Oh my god! How, how do you install minimalism in a relationship? <laughs> Sometimes you gotta cut the dead weight. Nah, I mean you gotta look at all of your relationships and really, really be honest with yourself about what it is and why it is you fuck with that person. Do I really kick it with them? (laughs) Are they benefiting my life in any way? Are they a liability or an asset? We say it all the time, man. What are they? Why? You have to do this because most of us, we pretty much all suffer from a little bit of guilt mm-hmm. about how little attention we get to give our friends. Man, all, all the fucking time. I, it's friends that I haven't, I don't talk to that much that I was really close to. Yes. And then when I finally hit them up, I feel so bad. Like, yeah, I know I'm a horrible friend. I ain't talked to you in like a year. You see? You know what I'm saying? But what's been up, dog? <laughs> you know? And then he's like, oh, it's cool, man. Right. Things are great. Right. They always got love, but we still got that guilt, right? Yeah. And the reason we have this guilt is is because we have too many relationships we're trying to maintain right we have too many people we're calling our friends that are really not that we're keeping in contact with Mm -hmm. and then the people who are our friends we don't have the time to spend with them yeah and then the guilt starts to set in and you're not talking to your people as often and then when you don't talk to them, you feel guilty so you don't want to hit them up because you ain't hit them up right, like, right. oh man it's a snowball effect now yeah. now i just can't hit you up because it's been a year you know right. now it's really awkward <laughs> right you know right. and it's fucked up man it's fucked up so my thing is like yo you have to you have to streamline your friendships man yeah you gotta make a conscious decision to say look i'm going to spend more time with the few good friends I have Mm -hmm. and less time on the acquaintances. You have to basically strive to create a world where you have less friends and more acquaintances. Mm -hmm. And that's gonna sound weird. Why would I want, you know, (laughs) less friends and more acquaintances? It means that friendship should be only reserved for a few. Yeah. 
and because if you've only reserved for a few, then your friendships, the quality of them will become greater. Right. Right. Your quantity will drop. Your quality will become greater. And then you will be more rewarded by those friendships. Then you will have more time to spend with those people right. to call in and check on them instead of once a year or two. Right. Mm. This can't happen if you're really trying to appease everybody. Yeah. Can't make everybody happy. No. So like minimalism is not just about you know having six shirts mm -hmm. four pair of pants <laughs> right versus you know 40 pair of pants it's about having four great friends mm -hmm. versus 20 acquaintances yeah i mean i got i probably have i haven't made a new friend in a very very long time <laughs> you know what I'm saying? i meet a lot of people you know, and people always, you know, they hit me. We should hit me up. We should go get drinks. All right. Yeah, whatever. You know, what yeah. I mean? never happened. <laughs> yeah. I haven't. I don't think I've made a friend, a new friend. Yeah. Probably since I met you. <laughs> yeah, that was a minute. Like, yeah. on some real shit. Like yeah. a real friend, like somebody who I, I mean, yeah. we've known each other for like 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't have, I don't have yeah. nobody even, I don't even have like decade long. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. I, I don't know that's just, real though that's very real yeah like it's only it's very few and the rest of them are family you know what I'm saying I can't even consider them friends that's my cousins yeah. you know what I'm saying so, may, so maybe you've already you know installed minimalism in your maybe yeah. you was already on it yeah I, I must have been on it because I, <laughs> I, I never really had a lot of friends anyway yeah. even in school I had like maybe two two cats that I hung out with yeah yeah because I, I just knew everybody see yeah you know, I was popular you know what I mean so I knew everybody everybody knew me but one dude might have spent the night at the crib when I was young. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You had a small little circle. Yeah, small circle. That's dope. Yeah, for me, I think I didn't really think about having less friends until I got sober. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really evaluated, like, yo, some yeah. of these fools ain't really my friend. Yeah. They might, you know, right. hit, hit me when they need some shit. Or, mm -hmm. or, but they don't really fuck with me like that. Mm -hmm. Because they just don't want to do nothing outside of the bar right. you know and i was just like man that's when i started seeing it for what it was and started saying well you know what i'm gonna have less friends now and i think i made a deliberate attempt to actually you know decrease my social circle mm -hmm. that's when i started seeing like yo this is actually more rewarding yeah you know to only be texting one or two people a day right then nine or ten mm -hmm. but then when the shit hits the fan it's still it's only the one or two right right that was gonna be there anyway right, right. you know and it's, it, it's a weird thing to go through but that kind of forced my hand but i never totally thought it was part of the minimalistic approach but it really is yeah you know like minimalism is is not just a painting on a wall man it's not just interior design yeah it's your relationships man yeah that's really more about your sanity too i mean you can't I can't have that many people around me all the time or that's trying to get a piece of me. I feel like a lot of when you have a lot of people around you and a lot of quote unquote friends, you lose a lot of yourself in that because you keep trying to figure out, you know, how you can help this person or this person need this or this person, even if it's just emotional. Yes. You know, it's like. It's, you give so much of yourself when you have way too many people that you really ain't even that close to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to cut out some of my female friendships mm. as of lately just for that whole emotional thing. Mm. Because the thing, the, the fact of the matter is that if you're giving emotional energy to somebody, yeah. then you don't have that for someone else. Right. Somebody who you really want to give it to. Yeah. Yeah. Like if every time you talk to this person, they got this, this draining relationship that they're venting about. Mm-hmm. 
you can't act as if you talking to them isn't impacting your energy. Right. Because I guarantee you, if you talk to them on the phone for two hours and somebody else call you, you ain't going to be in the mood to talk. No. Nah. Because you, you've given so much already. Right. So you have to be very, very careful about like who you give that to, man. Mm. And everybody ain't worthy of it, man. And it will just make your life better, man. And to me, one thing that's helped is like I started noticing that like as I decrease my friendships, the quality of my friendships increased because I was now being surrounded by people who had similar interests. Right. You know, as opposed to. So like now it's like I I, more of my friends are like either entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or things like that than ever. Right. And I think that was a direct result of me streamlining my friendships because before it was like, oh, yeah, we drink together. We friends. Right. 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 Which you don't really even have no. no they don't really understand you. Mm-hmm. You don't really understand them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, like but that's a good way to really evaluate like, OK, who's really going to be the motherfuckers who are there for you yeah like who genuinely cares about my well-being yeah you know like that's what you that's what you get when you when you when you shrink your circle because you have a you have a small core of people who actually give a fuck about you and your existence and your family and your life you know if something fucked up happens they're there as a shoulder to cry on to help you move oh, you know yeah. like all kind of shit you yes. know what i'm saying it's so, just a true friend. Yeah, a real friend. They help you move. Help you move. Yeah, on a Saturday. <laughs> nobody like moving <laughs> on a Saturday. Won't ask for no cash. Right. Just get a pizza. Yeah, man. just, just yeah, just pizza. get a pizza and yeah, just feed me, dog. <laughs> feed me and I'm good, you know. When people ask me, that's some real friendship. I, yeah. If a girl asks me to help her move before I really like her, it's like, nah, man, that's just <laughs> I can't ruin the relationship. Yeah, I can't do that. Because I'm gonna tell you no. Right. And, and you're gonna be mad. Yeah. <laughs> Right, not gonna be happy with me. Like, yo, I can't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if I do, it's like, look, I'll help you move, but everything gotta be boxed up when I get there. Right. And I ain't packing shit. Not packing a goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you gotta do. That's great. That's great. <laughs> That's my rule. And there must be some pizza there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, one more, one more area, man, with this relationships we gotta talk about is like who you're dating. Who yeah. you're dating now? Everybody has a period where you may be talking or going out with multiple people, trying to figure out who's the best. It ain't worth it, man. <laughs> Married man came in quick. Oh like, man, it ain't worth it, dog. It ain't worth it. I mean, even before I was married, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like juggling multiple yeah. friendships with females. Yeah, dog, that shit is draining as fuck. It is it tiring. Really is. I don't know how dudes get married, have multiple lives. Oh, I don't dog. care what your religion is. Nah, I'm just like, man. yo, that's maintenance. Oh, dog, that's like having five cars. Dog, you, I can't. I don't understand it. I would <laughs> if I was if I was a Muslim, I would not want another wife. No, 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 no. way. No, hell no. <laughs> hell no. No other wife. No, yeah. one is enough. Uh, I don't even want a daughter. You know, <laughs> I don't even want a daughter, let alone speak on another it, wife. Speak on it, brother. <laughs> I don't Ooh. understand that shit. Make it plain, brother. Or, or dudes with side chicks. <laughs> yeah, like, dog. That's what I'm saying. Like, think of all the Bruh. time you spend. People spend like sneaking around, hiding like this, this shit, like trying to to maintain this little thing over there, but that other thing over there and you got this thing over there like you got these situations you're maintaining spreading yourself thin after a while that becomes your focus bruh it becomes your focus dog i don't i don't get it and so like i've always thought like look 
okay, dating is one thing to to find you have to find out who's the best person for you, right? Right, right. But that should always there's no you don't date just to date. Mm-hmm. You should be dating to find the one so that you don't have to maintain all these other bullshit situations. Word. <laughs> I could not I don't understand how people date in, today. Indefinitely. Today's just, in today's society, shit. I couldn't imagine being single, dog. I feel for you. <laughs> Like I, I swear I do. Like any of my single friends that I know, I'm like I don't understand. I'm sorry, dog. Like, uh, I be you know what? That. I, it, be, I be praying for y'all, man. The, the game ain't what it used to be. Oh no, no, it the ain't. The game ain't what it used to be. No, I was, it ain't. I can say that. No, it safely. ain't. Safely, uh, it used to be so much easier when we was coming up, man. Dog. It's different, man. Social media has messed up so much of it. Social man. media and cell phones. Look, man. Look, if you can find. Uh, I'm still trying to find a woman who ain't got a, a, an Instagram account, mm. who ain't on social media 24-7. Good luck, bro. They are rare. They are unicorns out <laughs> this bitch. They ain't no more, man. <laughs> they are unicorns. They are. They are unicorns, man. They're pink unicorns at that. Not mm. even regular unicorns. Like, you can't. There's certain things that are like, like, we've all been, you know, in those situations. Like, damn, motherfuckers, we on dates just on phones and shit and right. constantly checking their social media or I mean but you know it's just it's a in a world where people want validation in general now there are more ways for people to get that than ever yeah. and social media has kind of provided that dopamine you know uh, validation <laughs> rush yeah. hit that people are looking for That's and, crazy. and it, ch- it it changes the dating game quite a bit and um but yeah it's real but you have to say less is more Mm. i've had periods where i was just uh, the man (laughs) i had out there more money more options (laughs) just a man of many options floating yeah just doing my thing man living to the fullest like hey (laughs) life is great right but it's only a small window Mm. where things are because things are new right when things are new things are automatically great and fresh but but once things settle in and you got to make some decisions because the longer you know people the more committed people are expecting you to be people start to have expectations of you and so eventually you just can't just float through that and be passive about those decisions you have to be you know active and say you know what this thing is bearing fruit and so i'm going to pour into that these are cool i'm gonna leave those alone for now Mm. and see where this thing goes and it's no different than anything else we're talking about minimalism and i ain't out here to to, to player hate because look right yeah do you yeah do you man i don't look i have my times where i'm on some player shit what can i say i'm a a fucking grown man but at the end of the day I understand the end game, right? Which is to find the best person, right? And be with that person, or else you just will not evaluate people, and you'll create a mess. Huge mess. You create messes out here, and uh, I don't want to create no mess, and I don't want to be surrounded by messy people. Mm. So it's important for me to be minimalist in my relationships as well. Word. So that's number two area. Yes, sir. All right, we'll take a break. For those who don't know, me and DJ Detox will be heading out on the Two-Headed Monster Tour, which will be running from May 25th through August 6th and visiting over 50 cities. I'm not sure where you live, but chances are we will be bringing this tour to your city. Here are the dates and cities we've got confirmed so far. May 25th, Columbus, Ohio. May 26th, Dayton, Ohio. May 31st, Nelsonville, Ohio. June 1st, 
Asheville, North Carolina, June 2nd, Boone, North Carolina, June 3rd, Raleigh, North Carolina, June 4th, Charlotte, North Carolina, June 5th, Columbia, South Carolina, June 6th, Atlanta, Georgia, June 7th, Dunedin, Florida, June 8th, Cape Coral, Florida, June 9th, Orlando, Florida, June 10th, Jacksonville, Florida, June 12th, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, June 13th, New Orleans, Louisiana, June 14th, Houston, Texas, June 15th, Austin, Texas, June 16th, San Antonio, Texas, June 17th, Dallas, Texas, June 19th, Santa Fe, New Mexico, June 20th, Flagstaff, Arizona, June 21st, Las Vegas, Nevada, June 23rd, Santa Cruz, California, June 24th, Berkeley, California, June 26th, Stockton, California, June 27th, Sacramento, California, June 28th, State Line, Nevada, or Lake Tahoe, June 29th, Salt Lake City, Utah, June 30th, Idaho Falls, Idaho, July 1st, Boise, Idaho, July 2nd, Portland, Oregon, July 3rd, Bend, Oregon, July 4th, Hood River, Oregon, July 5th, Seattle, Washington, July 6th, Spokane, Washington, July 7th, Nelson, BC, July 8th, Calgary, Alberta, July 10th, Great Falls, Montana, July 12th, Denver, Colorado, July 13th, Tulsa, Oklahoma, July 14th, Kansas City, Missouri, July 15th, Lincoln, Nebraska, July 16th, Columbia, Missouri, July 17th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, July 18th, Traverse City, Michigan, July 19th, Ann Arbor, Michigan, July 20th, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, July 21st, Minneapolis, Minnesota, July 22nd, Duluth, Minnesota, July 26th, Evansville, Indiana, July 27th, back in Dayton, Ohio, July 28th, Columbus, Ohio, at the 2x2 Fest, July 30th, Portland, Maine, July 31st, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There will be one more additional week that we're adding and some dates that we're adding right now, but right now, this is what we got confirmed. Uh, for more information or to buy tickets on these tour dates, please visit printmatic.net backslash tour dates. Again, that's printmatic.net backslash tour dates. If you listen to this podcast, come check out one of the shows and introduce yourself. I will see y'all there. Now back to the show. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's been 15 minutes with her. 30 minutes with her. Uh, oh, man. Nah, you can't. It's just too much. It's too much. <laughs> I mean, plus you got to juggle that in addition to whatever it is you want to do with your life. Right. So think about your passion, your purpose. You, you're, you're supposed to be on your purpose, but then you're distracted by juggling these four different <laughs> relationships. Yeah, nah, but, man. Nah. No, I can't do this. No, nah. then just make everybody mad. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, uh, uh. yeah. Okay, back in the place. They know who the fuck it is. Word. All right, man. So like the last area, you know, because we gonna get y'all two areas. The last area where you can, you know, install some minimalism and make that shit tight is the activities you participate in. Act activities now for this section i want to reference a book that I, I i've been messing with for the last few months this book is called the 80 20 principle mm. now the book is by a guy named richard coke there's many different uh books about this but the mm. 80 20 principle is basically a rule that kind of shows that like most of the gains you will get from any situation are are received from a small percentage of the things you will do mm. meanwhile most of the so like say let's say we rap and they say okay well you since you're a rapper 
80% of your money is going to come from touring. Mm -hmm. But touring is only 20% of the activities that we do as a rapper. Right, we right. record, mm -hmm. you know, we produce, uh -huh. you know, we do social media. Mm -hmm. We do all these things. We write blogs, mm -hmm. books, but it's that 20% of what we do that makes may make us 80% of our income on a year. Right. The 80-20 principle is basically that that reality uh, summarized in a way that should make you reevaluate what you do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read a quick segment of this book that breaks down 80-20 principle, and then we're going to talk about this for a second. So it says, what is the 80-20 principle? The 80-20 principle asserts that a minority of causes, inputs, or effort usually lead to a majority of the results, outputs, or rewards. Taken literally, this means that, for example, 80% of what you achieve in your job comes from 20% of the time spent. Thus, for all practical purposes, four-fifths of the effort, the dominant part of it, is largely irrelevant. Mm. Principle states that there is an so the 80-20, oh, so, oh so, so this is contrary to what people normally expect. So the 80-20 principle states that there is an in, inbuilt imbalance between causes and results, inputs and outputs, and effort and reward. A good benchmark for this imbalance is provided by the 80-20 relationship. A typical pattern will show that 80% of outputs result from 20% of inputs, that 80% of consequences flow from 20% of causes or that 80% of results come from 20% of effort. Figure one shows these typical patterns. In business, many examples of the 80-20 principle have been validated. 20% of products usually account for about 80% of dollar sales value. So do 20% of customers. 20% of products or customers usually also account for about 80% of an organization's profits. In society, 20% oh, of criminals account for 80% of the value of all crime. 20% mm. of motorists cause 80% of the accidents. 20% of those who marry comprise 80% of the divorce statistics. Those who consistently remarry and redivorce distort the statistics and give a lopsided pessimistic impression of the extent of marital infidelity. 20% of children attain 80% of the educational qualifications available. In the home, 20% of your carpets are likely to get 80% of the wear. 20% of your clothes will be worn 80% of the time. And if you have an intruder alarm, 80% of the false alarms will be set off by 20% of the possible causes. The internal combustion engine is a great tribute to the 80-20 principle. 80% of the energy is wasted in combustion and only 20% gets to the wheels. This 20% of the input generates 100% of the output. Wow. That, my friends, is the 80-20 principle. Bars. Very, very heavy bars, heavy bars, heavy bars, man. And uh, this is a book I picked up a long time ago. Now, this book gets very technical after the first chapter because it goes deep into real business examples, mm -hmm. scientific examples. But I think if you understand that page that I just read, mm -hmm. you'll understand the 80-20 principle. And what's really important is that once you understand that, what you should be doing is evaluating your activities. Yeah. What do you spend your time on? 
versus what gets you the most results. Oftentimes it's the opposite. Yeah. Right. So like we can say, yeah, I I spend 80 percent of my time. I don't know. Fucking. On Twitter. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> on social media. Yeah, period. on social media. Maybe 80% of my time is on Twitter and Facebook. That's 80% of my time. And maybe I only do Facebook 20% of the time. Mm. But if I looked at my results, what if I looked at sales and, and conversions based on traffic coming to my website, buying an album, and saw that, oh, well, Instagram, 80% of people are coming from there. Right. Then that would be an, another example of this. How, but then I would have to reevaluate. Well, what the fuck am I doing about this eighty percent that I'm yeah. spending my time on? What people should do, and what a strong brand or business would do, is they would say, "Okay, let's double down." Right. We'll now take the twenty percent of the things that give us the biggest reward. These are the things that people identify us with. Mm-hmm. They make us the most money, and we don't have to do them that much. But we get so much bang that they actually pay for everything else. Right. We take that 20%, we get rid of the 80%. And just invest in the 20. Right. You double down on the 20%. You make that 20% 100% of what you do. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, now you create way more opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have way stronger output. You, ha- you understand your own business more. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't do is we tend to do the 80% because the 80% is sometimes the things we enjoy. Yeah, the 80% is the fun. Yes, yeah, fun, the fun stuff. stuff. <laughs> so we might be wanting to do the 80% all the time, mm-hmm. but the 20% might not be glamorous. Mm-hmm. It might not be things that we think uh, best represent us. Right. Might, we might just sleep and be like, I don't think people really fuck with that part of me, but I do it sometimes. Yeah. But So it could be something for me where I could say, oh yeah, yeah, I've written books and I've made movies, but music makes 80% of my money. Yeah. Like there's, there's no yeah, there's denying no around that. it. Yeah. So when I'm out there riding around a country in a car doing movie screenings, <laughs> not making any money, I, I have to be reminded that, wait a minute, this is in your 80%. This, mm-hmm. this would be a perfect example of the 80-20 rule. Right. It's not that you can't do things that are in the 80%. Mm-hmm. When you do them, you have to know that this is probably something that will not have the same results as the other things do. Yeah, it's just understanding your activity and understanding what ultimately what your goals are. You know, if this is what I want, this is it's just like, you know, I I make most of my money off of a cert of a few of my CDs. Yes, a few albums. You probably you know, got two albums out of 10. Yeah. And you just like that I make the most money off of. <laughs> yeah. So I make sure those are always in stock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Like I make sure those rec- those albums are always available to cats to purchase because that's where I make most of my money. Like I check every year what my highest selling records are and it's yeah. usually the same three or four records <laughs> unless I put out something new and that one yeah. might be up. You know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. usually the same three or four records. It's true. And think about all, you know, cuz we talked about just like how certain businesses will see that and then make that their focal point. Think about a business like McDonald's, for example. Right. They have dozens of things on the menu, yeah. but they make the majority of money from soda. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Didn't know that. It's got the highest markup. Yeah. So the, see, you would never know. You would think, oh, maybe it's Big Macs. Yeah, maybe it's the fries because everybody the fries. loves the fries. No, it's the fucking soda. Yeah, because the markup is probably. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. It's got like, you know, damn near 100%. Yeah. Markup, you know, they buy it for a fucking penny on the fucking twenty four ounces of the shit. Mm-hmm. Mix it with some goddamn, you know, and yeah. sell it to you for fucking a dollar. Right? And they got it for a penny. That's why they can sell any any size drink for a dollar because <sighs> they making the whole dollar back basically. Dog, the hamburgers, 
the French fries, mm. the breakfast, all of that shit is financed by the drinks. That's wild. That's crazy. It's deep. That's crazy. That might be, that's probably most fast food joints. Yes. Too. It's the drinks. Nothing yeah, else. That's crazy. The soda pays for everything. Mm. <laughs> and it's the cheapest shit. Yeah. It's the cheapest shit. Yeah, hey. So they can afford to do the McRib. Not because the McRib makes money. Because the McRib creates, it gets you into the store to buy the combo that allows them to sell you the fucking drink. Mm. And that's where they make their money. Gangster. 80-20. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> yes. So that's number three activities. Let me think. So, so what I also want to talk about with this one is that once you start to 80, 20 your activities, mm. you'll notice that you can finish more. Yeah. Because now you have a real priority list. Stop doing that bullshit. <laughs> Get out the bar. Right, right. You know, you don't got to go to every fucking show. You don't. Keep go, your ass at home. Right. Go to the ones that matter. Right. You know, you don't got to be always on the motherfucking scene. Right. To be seen all the time. Oh, man. It's it's about, it's really about impact. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not frequency. It's not like how much you do something. It's like, yo, if you focus on just the things that get you the biggest reward, you'll get so much further than trying to do a thousand things and never being able to do any of them that good. Right. And so the 80 20 as it applies to to your activities and minimalism is like this is the rule that 80 20 principle is basically how you apply minimalism to your life yeah go through everything from from your relationships to your surroundings to your activities and decide okay well these activities are always fruitful these i like to do but i ain't really seeing the reward on those and you have to measure what you're doing to even be able to see a reward in many instances so don't be afraid to measure and then you know finish more shit yeah so that's it yeah i mean it's perfect <sighs> perfect way to end yes so that th- this episode was the benefits of minimalism and the three areas are number one your living space slash your, your person you know number two your relationships number three your activities and those are the three areas you can, uh, you know, apply a minimalistic approach to your life. And uh, if you guys uh, do this, feel free to hit us on SoundCloud in the comments and let us know, you know, how you have applied this shit to your life. Some people think we're crazy talking about this type of shit. It's just it's a more, more, more world, but we also right. less, less, less shit. Yes, sir. You know, so uh, that's it. All right. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex than nobody know about. I mean, Super Duty Tough Work. (laughs) 